Costa Rica Travel Pass is a paid sponsor of Mormon Discussion Podcast. Costa Rica Travel Pass helps families enjoy Costa Rica flexibly, independently, and affordably. A family of four can enjoy a week in Costa Rica for under $1,200 plus airfare. If you're ready for an out-of-the-bus vacation that your family will always remember, visit Costa Rica Travel Pass at CostaRicaTravelPass.com or calling 1-877-780-7277. Mormon Discussion Podcast is an effort to help Latter-day Saints like you strengthen your faith and to support you in your trials of faith. This podcast operates on the donations of listeners like you. To help this podcast, please consider making a donation at mormondiscussion.podbean.com on the right-hand side, about halfway down. Thank you. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of Welcome to another episode of Mormon Discussion. I am your host, Bill Real. I'm grateful to have you with us today. You can reach me by email at realmormon at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L-M-O-R-M-O-N at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on iTunes, but you're only going to find the most recent 20 or so episodes. So please check out the podcast at its host site, mormondiscussion.podbean.com. That's mormondiscussion, all one word, dot P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Dot com. You can also find us on Facebook under the name Mormon Discussion, all one word. Now to what you've been waiting to hear. First off, before we get to today's episode, I just want to remind listeners that you can become a premium subscriber by going to mormondiscussion.podbean.com. And there is, I believe on the right-hand side, uh, towards the top, there are a couple of places where you can either give a one-time donation or you can become a premium subscriber by donating a uh, amount of like a dollar a month or $10 a year. We're up to about 25, 30 subscribers. Really appreciate each of you. You are making this program uh, to have the capability to, again, improve equipment and uh, reach out and, and do some neat interviews with people uh, and to keep this podcast hopefully going for years to come. So thank you so much. Today's episode, I want to kind of play off of a little point we made in the episode called The True and Living Church. And in that episode, I defined what true and living church meant to me and how I thought that my definition, I think, fits very well within the doctrine of the church. And I got a lot of those ideas from Terrell Givens. And and so I want to play off one idea, which is that people that are called of God are not just found in the LDS Church. On LDS.org, in the Guide to the Scriptures, if you look under Call or Called of God or Calling, it says, To be called of God is to receive an appointment or invitation from Him or His duly authorized church leaders to serve him in some particular way. And so we can see from that definition that there is room for someone to be called of God and yet not be necessarily in the LDS church. Now, I certainly want to testify that the LDS church to me is God's ordained and authorized institution to carry out the saving ordinances to God's children. It is also the place where his prophet and apostles are found and where the messages from him to the entire world are given. But where we hate a hang-up sometimes is that members of the church will sometimes imply that only within the LDS church 
are God's servants found? This would not be the case, and I hope through today's episode that we can kind of make sense of that. This episode probably won't be very long. I hope that uh, you'll enjoy it, though. The problem is in our testimonies and in our understanding. It's not in the doctrine. So a lot of times when we get up and we teach a lesson or share our testimony on Fast and Testimony Sunday or give a talk, we imply that we feel bad for the people outside of the church because only within the church is salvation found or God's servants and his ordained uh, leaders are found. And I hope that by sharing a few uh, a few things with you that we can make sense of this and recognize that this is in some ways a, a false doctrine or a false teaching or a very bad understanding on our end. I want to start with the scripture that I shared in the episode on the True and Living Church. It was a scripture that I discovered by listening to Terrell Givens. It is found in Doctrine and Covenants 49 verse 8. Now, you have to kind of picture this, right? The Doctrine and Covenants are revelations given mostly to the prophet Joseph Smith. They happen when Joseph goes and and asks a question of the Lord, and then he gets his answer. The heading on top of this says this. It says, Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to Sidney Rigdon, Parley P. Pratt, Layman Copley at Kirtland, Ohio, May 7, 1831. Layman Copley had embraced the gospel but still held to some of the teachings of the Shakers, to which he had formerly belonged. Some of the beliefs of the Shakers were that Christ's second coming had already occurred and that he had appeared in the form of a woman, Anne Lee. They did not consider baptism by water essential. They rejected marriage and believed in a life of total celibacy. Some Shakers also forbade the eating of meat. In prefacing this revelation, Joseph Smith's history states, In order to have a more perfect understanding on the subject, I inquired of the Lord and received the following. The revelation refutes some of the basic concepts of the Shaker group. The aforementioned brethren took a copy of the revelation to the Shaker community. Now this this is important to set it up this way because think about this for a moment. The, the questions are arising about this other group and if there is truth found among the Shakers. Now the Shakers are teaching a lot of doctrines and practices that are contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But yet, the question is... Could somebody still be called by God as a shaker and be a shaker? And his mission to Heavenly Father, to serve God's children, be within the shaker community? That's the overarching question that we should have in our minds. I don't know that's necessarily the question Joseph's asking. But what he is asking is, Heavenly Father, some of the members, including this uh, this brother Copley, are, are former members of the shakers. And some of them think that there is still some truth to be found there. And these are some of their teachings. And I want to ask you, Heavenly Father, what are your thoughts on, on this organization and, and in response to our mission within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? And so as Joseph asked this question, there are lots of parts of this revelation which speak to the idea of false doctrines and teachings and, and essentially that we ought to be, be careful and recognize that only within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is the are all the ordinances necessary for salvation found and in the proper manner in which they should be administered. But in verse 8, Heavenly Father tells Joseph Smith, he says, Wherefore, I will that all men shall repent, for all are under sin, except those which I have reserved unto myself, holy men that ye know not of. And so Joseph is told here that there are some, some individuals, holy men, that God has reserved unto himself. 
that essentially are doing his work that Joseph doesn't even know about. So there's our first inclination that there are men called of God, reserved unto God to do his work outside of the church that we don't even know about. Now, if we take that scripture and we say, okay, you're misunderstanding that scripture. That's not what it's, that's not what it's saying. Well, let's just relate it to common Mormon understanding or teachings. One of the things we learn in the church is that the founders of this country were inspired and called of God to do the work that they did. That in essence, people like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, Ben Franklin, those men and many others were given an assignment, a responsibility from our Father in Heaven to live at the time that they did, to be in the place that they were in, in order to help our country begin under the circumstances in which it did. So, were they Mormons? No. Were they called of God to do some work that he needed done? Yep. Hmm. And then we also teach about the Reformers, people like Martin Luther and John Wesley, Tyndale and others, who essentially set up the ability to separate, for us, to separate ourselves from the common churches of the day. That in essence, back then, you had one church that ruled over everybody, and these people put their lives at stake in order to give us, in in our day, the flexibility to believe differently than than whatever the biggest church is. And so if we look at these reformers and the way in which they carried out their lives, and at, and at times many of them put their lives, gave their lives for, for this work of the Reformation, in order to have scriptures translated in multiple languages, in order to allow for more than just one church to be around, these, uh, these men made great sacrifices. And we teach in our church that they too were inspired and called of God to do that work. And so once we grasp that even our own theology allows for that, then, then all of a sudden there leaves a lot of room uh, for us to take this approach. I want to finish up because even yet you might say, well, the reformers were called before there was the true church restored. And so just as Joseph Smith was called before the church was restored, it's possible for men outside the church to be called only before it's restored. And that would apply to the, the founders of this country as well. So we still haven't shown that there's this room that even while our church is existing for there to be people on this earth who have a divine mission outside of, of, um, outside of the, the workings of, of the restored church of Jesus Christ. So I want to share a few quotes with you. I want to start with a really simple one, which, you know, may not mean what I'm wanting it to mean, but at least it gives us a place to start. This was Elder James E. Faust in his talk, Communion with the Holy Spirit in the March 2002 Enzyme. And he, his quote is, we claim that God's inspiration is not limited to the Latter-day Saints. So we realize that inspiration is certainly found outside of the LDS Church. And when we look at certain music, certain artwork, certain poetry, and other things, we can, we can, I think, very easily reconcile that and say, yep, absolutely. There's inspiration found outside of, outside of the church. The second quote comes from Elder Orson F. Whitney. This was in a conference report in April 1921. He says, God is using not only his covenant people, but other people as well to consummate a work, stupendous, magnificent, and altogether too arduous for this little handful of saints to accomplish by and of themselves. 
All down the ages, men are bearing the authority of the holy priesthood. Patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and others have officiated in the name of the Lord, doing the things that he required of them. And outside of the pale of their activities, other good and great men, not bearing the priesthood, but possessing profundity of thought, great wisdom, and a desire to uplift their fellows, have been sent by the Almighty into many nations to give them not the fullness of the gospel, but that portion of truth that they were able to receive and, wide, and wisely use. Now, I think that's a great quote from Elder uh, Orson F. Whitney. We also find Elder B.H. Roberts saying this. I don't have a date on this one, but his quote is, While the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is established for the instruction of men, it is one of God's instrumentalities for making known the truth. Yet he is not limited to that institution for such purposes. Neither in time nor place, God raises up wise men and prophets here and there among all the children of men, of their own tongue and nationality, speaking to them through means that they can comprehend. All the great teachers are servants of God. Among all nations and in all ages, they are inspired men, appointed to instruct God's children according to the conditions in the midst of which he finds them. That's a beautiful quote from Elder B.H. Roberts, who who was always known for, for sharing these very great insights. And so that gives us a little a little piece of the puzzle as well. I'd like to conclude with this quote from Elder... It actually originally comes from Elder Orson F. Whitney. It was re-quoted by President Ezra Taft Benson in, uh, in 1972. He says, Perhaps the Lord needs such men on the outside of his church to help it along. They are among its auxiliaries and can do more good for the cause where the Lord has placed them than anywhere else. Hence, some are drawn into the fold and receive a testimony of the truth, while others remain unconverted, the beauties and glories of the gospel being veiled temporarily from their view for a wise purpose. The Lord will open their eyes in his own due time. God is using more than one people for the accomplishment of his great and marvelous work. The Latter-day Saints cannot do it all. It is too vast, too arduous, for any one people. So that's a wonderful quote too. And so I want to conclude just sharing the idea that may we all recognize that in this, in this time where it's very easy to see us as Latter-day Saints as privileged or more important or more valuable to Heavenly Father, might we recognize that that view is incorrect? That our Father in Heaven, that it is His work and glory to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of man, of His children, of all His children. May each of us be more kind, more compassionate, more charitable, and more respectful of those of other faiths. May we see in them that they too are called of God to help us push this great work forward. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And may the Lord warm your shoulders. God bless. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Sung by flaming tongues above Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it Mount of thy redeeming love 
Here I raise my Ebenezer. Here by Thy great help I've come, and I hope by Thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger, wandering from the fold of God, He to rescue me from danger. Interposed His precious blood. Precious blood. Oh, that day when freed from sinning, I shall see Thy lovely face, clothed then in blood-washed linen. How I'll sing Thy sovereign grace! Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransomed soul away. Send Thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. To grace, how great a debtor Daily I am constrained to be Let thy goodness, like a fetter Bind my wandering heart to thee Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it Prone to leave the God I love Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it, seal it for thy courts above.